Hi, I'm back. Uh, happy Star Wars Day. Happy for Happy May Fourth. May the fourth May the fourth be with you. Um, and uh, today we're gonna be talking Star Wars. We're gonna be reviewing the series finale of the Clone Wars, or the last two episodes. Um, and then we're gonna be talking about um, the Taika Waititi is directing a new Star Wars film. And we're going to be talking about Nicolas Cage. He's going to be playing Joe Exotic in a Tiger King TV show from American Vandal showrunner. So I'm going to save Clone Wars for the end because I'm going to be talking spoilers. So we'll start with this. So Taika Waititi is going to direct a new Star Wars film. This comes from uh, Variety. So Taika Waititi will direct a new Star Wars movie for theatrical release which he's co-writing with 1917 scribe Christy Wilson Cairns, Disney and Lucasfilm announced on Monday. The studios also confirmed that a new untitled Star Wars TV series is in the works at Disney Plus from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland, which Variety reported exclusively last month. The film news affirms reports that first broke in January that Watiti has de was developing a Star Wars movie on the heels of his well-received work directing the season finale of The Mandalorian, it's unclear if Watiti's film is one of Disney's three untitled Star Wars movies stated for December 2022, 24, and 26, or if it's a separate project. Previously, the filmmaker was coy about those reports when Variety asked about them in February after he won the Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. Are there discussions about the Star Wars film? Like, yeah, I discussed with my friends in 1996 how cool Star Wars was, Watiti mused in February. I think people see me hanging out with people, especially with Star Wars and think I'm having some big discussions about it. I would effing love to, if it was right. I would want to do any kind of movie if it made sense, and if it felt not like career suicide. This project is the first official Star Wars feature film to be confirmed after Game of Thrones creators D&D uh, &D walked away from their deal last October to make a series of Star Wars movies. Wattiti is next set to direct Thor Love and Thunder for Disney's Marvel Studios, which is currently scheduled to open theaters February 18th, 2022. Variety recently reported that Watiti will co-write that project with someone great screenwriter Jennifer Kate and Robinson. Uh, so yeah, this is big. This was uh, reported uh, a few months ago, and it, but it wasn't confirmed. But like we knew it was real. I mean, you know, they're not making this. They're not making this stuff up. Um, so, so yeah. Taika Waititi's going to do a Star Wars movie, I think this is great. I think Star Wars needs to be reinvigorated, and I think he's the perfect person to do it. He just has that energy. I mean, you look at his... He is a star director. I mean, maybe not yet, but he will be. I mean, you just look at him. Look at his hair, his crazy hair. When he talks into a room, you want to be around him. You don't want to... You want to be around him. Um, And so... The writer of 1917, that's the only thing I'm skeptical, because I didn't think that 1917 had a lot going for writing-wise, um, but other than that, I'm really excited, um, I don't know what it's gonna be, I hope whatever it is, it's not too serious, and they keep the goofy Taika Waititi stuff, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited, I think it'll be great, um, he said it was career suicide, and yeah, it you know what, maybe is, but I think he's the one director that can do it, and nobody's gonna interfere with him, no studio interference, because he knows, they know he can, 
he can be successful because he's done Marvel movies and he's had success there. So if he ends up leaving, that will be really bad for Lucasfilm because, like, he worked with Marvel. Why isn't he working here? But, yeah, um, but, you know, this won't happen for a while. This, this movie will not happen for quite a while. I mean, they haven't even started shooting Thor. This won't come out till at least 2022, probably later. Probably more towards, like, 2020, I'd say earliest 2023 and latest 2027. But I think it'll come out by 2026. Highly likely by 2026. But it's... It's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a while. But yeah, I'm really positive in this. And now... Um... I want to talk about the big thing, So, Nicolas Cage... This comes from Variety also. Nicolas Cage to play Tiger King's Joe Exotic in scripted series from American Vandal Showrunner exclusive. Uh, so... Nicolas Cage is set to star in a scripted series centered on Joe Exotic, the subject of the Netflix docuseries Tiger King. The eight-episode show is being produced by Imagine Television Studios and CBS Television Studios. It will be taken to market in the coming days. It is based on the Texas Monthly article, Joe Exotic, A Dark Journey into the World of Man Gone Wild, by Lee Frigstead. CBS TV Studios optioned the article in June of 2019. Dan Lagana will serve as writer, showrunner, and exec producer under his overall deal at CBS TV Studios with Paul Young, executive producing via Make Good Content. Imagine's Brian Grazer and Sammy Kim Falvey will executive produce for Imagine. Cage will executive produce via Saturn Films. Scott Brown and Megan Cry will executive produce for Texas Monthly. Uh, the story centers around Joe Schriebvogel a.k.a. Joe Exotic, an eccentric exotic zookeeper in Oklahoma who fights to keep his park even at the risk of losing his sanity. The series will live in the lion's den with Joe, explore how he became Joe Exotic, and how he lost himself to a character of his own creation. The role marks the first regular television role of Cage's entire career. He's long been praised for his film work, having won the Academy Award for Best Actor for Leaving Las Vegas and getting a nomination in the same category for Adaptation. He is also known for his starring roles in films like Moonstruck, Raising Arizona, Face Off, and the National Treasure and Ghost Rider films. He also recently lent his voice to the Oscar-winning animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. His upcoming films include The Unbearable Weight of Mass Talent and Pig. Um, so yeah, I am... This is amazing. Um... He, he might... Is he perfect casting? No. He's not perfect casting. But this is really good because you need someone like Nicolas Cage who can just go nuts. Just go bananas. I mean, absolutely insane. Uh, I think he will be great. You know, normally, I would shrug and be upset at, you know, a non-gay actor playing a gay character. But in this case, I'm okay with it because Nicolas Cage is so amazing, uh, I, I think he will do a great job, I hope this gets Nicolas Cage back in the front lines, I hope this gets him, I hope this starts a cage assance. um, I think it will be amazing, I want to know who they're going to cast as Carol Baskin now, I've been saying, 
I don't know how her acting is, but she looks exactly like, I mean, if she doesn't look, she sounds exactly like Carol Baskin as Hillary Clinton. I don't know how she could act. Uh, no, no, I, I'm joking. That's not going to happen. But she sounds exactly like Carol Baskin. No, I don't know who could play her. I don't know. Um, but Cage, you know, he needs a comeback. He really does. And hopefully this is what brings him uh, a comeback. But, you know, since, you know, I was gonna watch a Star Wars movie today, um, because it's Star Wars Day, but then I thought, you know, I think with this news coming out today, and I don't think it's no coincidence that I've always thought Nicolas Cage would be perfect for a Star Wars role, preferably like an evil character like a Sith, I don't think it's a coincidence that I thought he'd be great in Star Wars, and this is announced um, on Star Wars Day. So instead of watching a Star Wars movie, I watched a Nicolas Cage movie. I watched Leaving Las Vegas, which was really good. I'll probably review it soon. It was a really, really good movie. Um, so good. Uh, and um, so I think from now on, May 4th should be Cage Day, not Star Wars Day. Uh, Star Wars, they're going to have to move to May 5th, or May 3rd, or just another month entirely. And May is going to be Cage Month. And every channel on TV is going to have Cage-a-thons, Cage-marathons with all the Nicolas Cage films. Um, but yeah, so I watched that, it was really good. But I can't wait for this. Um, it probably won't be coming out anytime soon, though. Um, but we have that to look forward to, and we have, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in... Spider-Verse 2. Well, that'll be awesome. Uh, I really hope... I just really hope that they call this Tiger Cage. So now, let's move on to... Some horror news. So, uh, this also comes from Variety. A Quiet Place writers team, writers team with Sam Raimi and Sony on sci-fi thriller. In a competitive situation, Sony Pictures has landed an untitled sci-fi thriller where The Quiet Place scribes Scott Beck and Brian Woods set to write, direct, and produce their original script. The duo will produce under the newly formed Beck Woods banner along with Sam Raby and Zainab Azizi, who will produce for Raimi Productions along with Debbie Liebling. The film marks a reunion for Beck and Woods with Raimi as the two recently wrote and directed one episode of Raimi's Quibi series, 50 States of Fright. Plot details for the original story are being kept under wraps. Raimi Productions is proud to be teaming up with Scott Beck and Brian Woods, said Raimi. They have exceeded all expectations in my experience with them at Quibi, and we have the utmost confidence in their brilliant story. I am honored to once again be joining forces with our partners at Sony Pictures. We have a wild and thrilling blockbuster that we can't wait to share with the world. After A Quiet Place, we knew we had a responsibility to reinvest back into the ecosystem of original ideas, said Beck and Woods. We are so proud to have partnered with a studio that believes in a theatrical landscape that looks for launching new stories. Our producing team at Raimi Productions helped foster our vision for this film as directors before we introduced Spec Script to the town. 
Sam Raimi is not only one of our heroes, but one of the only filmmakers to successfully master both independent film and the studio blockbuster. We can't imagine a more perfect mentor to help us transition into big studio filmmaking. This is the third film that Raimi Productions has sold to the studio in the past year. The last film that Raimi Productions produced was Alexandra I's Crawl for Paramount. Oh, them, which that was fantastic film. Uh, Beck and Woods burst onto the scene in 2018 with their original screenplay with director John Krasinski from The Office for Paramount's Quiet Place, a critical and commercial success that grossed $340 million worldwide. The duo's latest film release was last year's thriller Haunt, which they wrote and directed. Beck and Woods have represented... Okay, I don't need this. So, yeah, uh, this is... I'm really excited for this. We know nothing about the movie, but, you know, I loved A Quiet Place. I have not seen their other film, but I should. I loved A Quiet Place. Can't wait for the second one. Not sure if they're writing the second one, but I'm really excited for that, too. Without coronavirus, probably would have seen it five times in theater already. It would be getting ready to leave theaters now. I mean, Jesus. Um, but, yeah, really looking forward to it. Love Sam Raimi. So, uh, Sam Raimi, you know, he's doing Doctor Strange now. But he has, I've seen people worried that uh, Doctor Strange isn't really going to be a Sam Raimi movie because it's a big superhero movie. But I would disagree on that because he's proved that he can do studio movies before that don't feel like studio movies. Like the Spider-Man films. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, yeah, this will be... This, this will no doubt be great. So now I want to talk uh, what's my favorite Star Wars film and go over my ranking of all the films. And then we'll get on to the Clone Wars review, which will be spoilers, and I'll give a spoiler warning. Uh, so Return of the Jedi is actually my favorite Star Wars film. And I get a lot of, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of hate for this, but it's my honest opinion and sometimes it goes back and forth depending on the day of the week. Um, from Return of the Jedi, the original Star Wars, and Empire Strikes Back. Because I think all three films are perfect. And all three films are in my top 10 or top 20 films of all time. And I think they're all just amazing, perfect films. But Return of the Jedi is my favorite. Uh, here's why uh, it closes the saga, or closes the trilogy. It's such a perfect way. It it follows up Empire Strikes Back, which you thought it never could, being not only just as good, but even better. Uh, the film starts out with, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 going in the, the thing on Tatooine, and you're like, Okay, what is this? What is, we're following the robots, and then when Luke comes in is when it all just go. It's amazing, and I love all the Ewok stuff and all that. And the Vader Luke showdown at the end with Palpatine is probably my favorite scene in all of Star Wars. It's amazing, um, and I just love everything in it. I. I have no problems with it. I think it's amazing. Um, it, yeah, it's 
it's great in everything. Leia, I mean, I could go on and on, but it's my favorite. Uh, and here is my ranking of the Star Wars film. So, um, so mm, coming in in last place is is from worst to best. Coming in last place is Attack of the Clones. Uh, yeah, Attack of the Clones, not only is it the worst Star Wars movie, I think it's the worst movie of all time relative to its budget. Actually, not the worst movie ever. There's a lot of lower-budget movies that uh, are worse, but those movies, you know, those movies weren't on a big budget, and, you know, those movies weren't actually, like, we, we, you wouldn't expect anything, and those movies weren't trying, you know. Or no, 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 actually, those movies were trying. That's the thing. At least they were trying. This is just a mess. So yeah, Attack of the Clones. Um, so just all the acting is horrible with Hayden Christensen, and the dialogue is awful, and how they, how they, you know, how they changed Yoda didn't really bother me. Uh, I don't know. That part is fine, but every, all the writing and directing and um, the green screens, oh, it's just awful, and the Battle of Geonosis is one of the ugliest things ever shot on a film, so yeah, no good at all, I mean, Ewan McGregor is good in it, you know, he's fine, and Sam Jackson is good, I mean, a lot of the actors are good, Shane Christian is really bad, uh, and then, uh, next is The Phantom Menace, uh, yeah, this one is a little better, but it's still a horrible film and one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, Darth Maul, that was cool. He's not an actual character in this movie, but it was cool, I guess. Um, yeah, the acting is fine. Well, the kid is awful. The what's his name? I don't even, I don't even remember his name. I I don't care. The kid is awful. Again. The same thing, all the writing, all the dialogue, the green screens, it's all awful. Um, the music is good, but overall, again, it's really bad. And then Revenge of the Sith, which is not horrible. It's, you know, it's still bad, but it's not horrible. I think Clone Wars might make it a little better, but it's still not a good movie. Hayden is better. He gets a lot better. He's still not great, but he's better. Uh, the dialogue does improve, but it's still, you know, not a good movie. Uh, and then Obi-Wan, you know, Ewan McGregor is really good, but the script is just not very good. And one of the things I hate is the way they make uh, Palpatine look. His makeup is goofy. I can't take it seriously because it's so goofy. It looks like... It's, it's like a brain, extra, you know, it's weird, but it's, you know, it's not horrible, it's just not very good, uh, and then, um, and then next up is The Rise of Skywalker, yeah, it's my least favorite of all the Disney films, I don't like it at all, it's the only Disney movie I've legitimately thought was bad, uh, it just trashes on everything the last jedi set up it's a direct sequel 
to The Force Awakens, and it doesn't feel like it was directed by a real filmmaker. I love The Force Awakens. I love The Force Awakens. And Red Skywalker feels like it's not directed by J.J. It feels like it's directed by a fan. It feels like it was directed by Reddit. By fans on Reddit who don't know anything about filmmaking. And it trash on everything The Last Jedi set up. And it ruins everything The Last Jedi set up. It's bad. It's still better than the prequels, though. Because at least these, movie, these movies have, like, actual dialogue. Uh, and next is Rogue One. Which... It's good. It's good. But it's just not amazing. It's not the best Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi or anything like that. No. It's good, but it's not great. The characters are awful. Um, and it's just really boring until the last act. Uh, but the music is incredible. Michael Cicchino, I actually think it's Oscar-worthy. But it's just the characters are so bland. There's nothing there, uh, and you can tell that you can it feels like two different directors, and that's basically what it is. Uh, oh, but Krennic was amazing. Ben Mendelsohn was incredible. And next is The Last Jedi, uh, a movie I really like. It's really good. Um, it's really really good. Uh, I, my only problem is some of the humor doesn't work, and the stuff they do with Kylo and Rey, where they, you're like, they're gonna team up, and nope, I hate that. But other than that, I really like it, it's really good, everything with Luke and Leia is amazing, the Leia Poppin scene, which everyone hates, I love, I cry, I think it's an incredible scene, I don't get why people don't like it, uh, and I love everything with Laura Dern. The big moment with her makes you cry. It's amazing. And the music. I think it's the best uh, Star Wars score since Revenge of the Sith. And while I hate the prequels, I think all the music is amazing. Uh, the music in The Last Jedi is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, really, it's really good. Uh, yeah, everything. I love the Leia Poppins scene. I don't know why people don't like that. Very good, and I thought Ryan Johnson brought a unique vision that was not like anything we'd seen ever before. Really good. Uh, and now, uh, Solo. This movie, you know, surprised me. I think it's great. Other than the, you know, how he gets the name. I think it's amazing. It's just a fun space adventure movie. And it also feels like Star Wars. But I liked how I took out into the crime world and all that. It's probably the best Ron Howard movie I've seen. Um, and then I love everything with Lando. And I really love Woody Harrelson. He's great in it. Um, I love his character. Yeah, I really love Woody Harrelson in the movie. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's just a fun adventure. And I wish there was a sequel. And I love seeing Darth Maul in it. That was so amazing. That's so why I wish it was a sequel. would get more Maul. They set him up to be a villain. It's amazing. Um, and now, now we get on to the ones that are really great movies. So next is The Force Awakens. I really love this movie. I think it's great. It's one of the best cliffhangers in maybe any like big blockbuster ever. And 
yeah, it's amazing. The music is amazing. Um, all the acting, you know, Harrison Ford is back. His acting is amazing, and I love the that's not how the force works line. Amazing. I love everything with Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren in this movie is just absolutely incredible. Uh, and to think that they topped what they did with him in this movie in The Last Jedi is insane. Absolutely insane. So, yeah, I love The Force Awakens. And now we get into the top three. And my number third favorite Star Wars... Uh, from here on out, these three movies are some of my favorites of all time. It's like picking and choosing between, you know, different types of gold. Uh, so number three is The Empire Strikes Back. Um, I... It's... I mean, what can you say? I Am Your Father. It's one of the best twists in movie history. Uh, James Earl Jones' performance is Oscar-worthy. So was Mark Hamill's. And the puppetry with Yoda. The way they designed that looks so real and amazing. Frank Oz is amazing. And also, every Yoda's hilarious. I mean, people don't like the Yoda joking around in the last year. I'm like... He's the Empire? He was, you know, hitting R2-D2. Give me my food or whatever. It's hilarious. In the scene where Luke fights Vader and he's in his imagination, it's absolutely insane and just amazing. Uh, and the ending, you know, and I love, you know, introduction to Boba Fett. I mean, it's all just amazing. And... Uh, Han and Leia falling in love was awesome too, and the I love you, I know, amazing. Now, this is my second favorite um, Star Wars movie is the original 1977 film Star Wars. George Lucas made this movie not thinking it was going to be a hit. He probably thought it was going to lose a ton of money, and it ended up being a huge hit, and it's now like the biggest franchise ever. Uh, no one ever would have thought this movie was accidentally good. This is one of those movies that was accidentally good. And look at where it got them. So, uh, everything. The, the directing, the acting, the score, and the way they introduce us to this world. And, you know, he's the, I fought with your, your father in the Clone Wars. That's a name I haven't heard in a very long time. I I mean, everything. And I, I could go on and on for hours about how great this movie is. Everything. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's just it's incredible. Now we get into the best Star Wars movie, which is Return of the Jedi. Um, so, yeah. Return of the Jedi is the best yeah i th think it's the best star wars movie i already said before what i love about it so that's it that's my list i'm ranking of stars now this is gonna be a spoiler review for the final two episodes of the clone wars um so this last episode shattered was oh yeah spoiler warning if you've not seen the last two episodes of the Clone Wars series finale in the second last episode, tune out now because it's going to be big spoilers. Uh, so, Shattered, we see Order 66. And it's 
a really cool seeing it from a different point of view. And I think this episode is much better than Friend of the Sith's film, obviously. Um, I loved everything, especially the music. I loved how... I loved the scene with Maul where she lets him go and he just attacks everyone. And he's like... He's like, care to give me a fighting chance? And she's like... Um, and she says, I'm not rooting for you. That scene was awesome. It was so cool what he did took taking out the the trooper's arm and using the, the walkie-talkie thing. That was awesome. Both of these episodes are great, but um, I just love how it ties into Rebels and what it does for, like, Vader showing up at the end of the finale. It's amazing. And it explains what he didn't know Ahsoka was alive because she basically left the lightsaber there and he thinks she's dead. Yeah, um, I loved everything in both these episodes. They're perfect. And the music was amazing. I loved how they reused that song from Rebels. Um, I love, you know, her saying goodbye to Bo-Katan, which I hope she shows up in Mandalorian. We could be seeing a reunion for them, too. And the Mandalorian. I love both episodes. I love the thing with Vader. You know, I really uh, thought it was a, a cool choice to have, um, to have, you know, it's not a happy ending, and there's not always a happy ending, and I love that second last scene, where they buried the clones, I loved that, I loved everything in these last two final episodes, it's amazing, probably one of the best series finales that I've, I've ever seen, and, uh, it's really tragic that she didn't get to say goodbye to Anakin, but that's, that's what happens, that's life sometimes, so yeah, I love both episodes, I can't wait to see what the next animated series is, and when Ahsoka shows up in The Mandalorian, so that's gonna be it for today, happy Star Wars Day.